1: Welcome back to the Blitzed Podcast. We will call this our Christmas edition cast, as Christmas will be this Saturday, uh, when the Wix Week 16 games will still be going strong with, I believe it's the Browns, who just suffered a disappointing loss on Monday night, and the Packers. And honestly, I don't remember who the other game is right now because I have Browns on my mind. And of course, Harley, I bet you could tell me who else we're, we're going to see on Christmas night.
0: On Christmas night? On Christmas night? Other than Santa Claus? Yes. Well, it's not going to be Philadelphia because they don't allow Santa Claus to come in there anymore.
1: Oh, that's a sting.
0: Yeah, No, it's uh, it's Cleveland at Green Bay and then uh, Indianapolis at Arizona on Christmas.
1: There you go. Just like everybody would think, a good white Christmas in Arizona.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, and, I mean, you're looking at a situation where... Uh, one of those teams is coming off a really, really bad loss.
1: Yeah, um, not good in the Gallo household right now. Um, as everybody should know, my wife is a Browns fan. And even though it was a COVID game where they had, what, um, eight starters out, 18 players in all, they still made it a game. But to give up a, a win at home to the Raiders on a last-second field goal when you could have salted the clock away after you know being down most of the game, tough, tough spot to be in.
0: Well, I think, if nothing else, it shows how bad the Raiders have fallen, Yes, that they couldn't just walk all over and just decimate this obviously shorthanded Browns team.
1: I saw it referred to on Twitter by a columnist as, well, Raiders got a win against the JV team, but it's still a win. And that's kind of true, I mean, if you really look at it and think about it, the fact that the... Brown's defense was able to keep it close, and they did what they did. And Mullins, for the most part, looked good if a few receivers would have caught the ball.
0: Well, again, those went, all wins count. I always hearken back to my high school days playing tennis where my team was in a conference with four extremely exclusive private schools. So, well, by my senior year, our doubles team was one of the better doubles teams in the state we were like the fourth or fifth best in our own conference. So we had scheduled games against the inner city schools just to rack up the wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Padding the stats, but that doesn't happen in the NFL. So you're right though. Win is a win is a win. And you know what, for those in the playoffs fantasy playoffs, trust me, a win is something well savored with the way players performed this crazy weekend.
0: Well, if there was ever a week to be fortunate to have a buy in your fantasy playoffs, It was this past week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, to to say the least. I'll tell you, I'm I'm not even gonna you know make us wait any longer. I'm just gonna throw it over because I want to hear what Harley has to say in the news. So here you go. Here's Harley with this week's Blitz Podcast News.
0: Thank you, Steve. The story of the week was the NFL scrapping their hard line on COVID testing for asymptomatic players. Now I'm confused. Are they only going to test players showing cold symptoms? I mean, if I was a team's trainer, I think I would heavily invest in over-the-counter cold pills to potentially mask symptoms so that none of their players are ruled out. I mean, why not? (laughs) Antonio Brown is scheduled to return from his COVID-related suspension this week, just in time as both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin suffered significant injuries. Now, I'd never wish harm on anyone, but wouldn't it be ironic if Brown actually caught COVID this week and couldn't play? (laughs) After missing Week 14's game with a false positive COVID test, Tyler Higby found himself back on the COVID list this week with his status for tomorrow's game in question. Tomorrow being Tuesday. At this point, I'm calling BS on this COVID test, too, because as a Tyler Higbee dynasty owner, I know all too well that he can't reliably catch anything. (laughs) Tyler Huntley threw for two touchdowns and ran for two more against the Packers Sunday. But once again, Baltimore lost following a late score because John Harbaugh chose to go for two instead of tying the game with a point after try. If only Baltimore had a reliable kicker to turn to in that spot. (laughs) And finally, Joe Buck will miss Week 16's game because he was afflicted with severe frostbite attained while indoors at SoFi Stadium in Southern California. (laughs) This has been your BPN News Update.
1: Okay, you got me on that last one. I was like, wait a minute, what? What?" And then I remembered how much he kept saying how cold it was in, in California.
0: And, and again, I mean, to, to try to blame the shaking corpse of yeah, Donald was... Parham lying on the ground due, due to the cold temperature there. I mean, come on. First we, first, we have a game postponed in Los Angeles because of a storm in the Dome Stadium. And now it's, it's too cold. It's so cold that people are going into rigor mortis on the field from it.
1: Yeah, that was terrible. And I'm glad that was
0: so bad, and I, I'm I'm truly surprised that they they didn't just like take him pull him from the game at that point when he said that. That was, I mean, Joe Buck has said some really stupid things in his career and said some things really insipidly. That was both callous and incompetent. Yeah, and, and he should really be ashamed of himself just for saying it.
1: Yeah, you know what? And it's not like it's not on a small delay. They could have be it right. Yeah, they could have. Um, I mean, even the cameraman stayed on it on the shot way too long, honestly. Um, but uh, all in all, hopefully, Parham is Parham is okay. Um, I know that was big worry initially. I'm sure that look a brain injury. I actually saw it on Twitter. Somebody said, uh, "Looks like he probably just got a concussion." Like no, like a concu- People still don't view concussion as serious as it is. It's a brain injury just because it's not a broken limb or a torn MCL or ACL. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and to tell you the truth, when it first happened, I actually, I I didn't think it it felt like he really hit his head that hard.
1: Yeah, it did not look like it in real time. It did not.
0: No. And so, again, I was like, why is he still down? Did he get a stinger? I mean, that was my first thought. It was like a neck stinger and whatnot, maybe. And he just kept lying there, and then all of a sudden his, his hands clenched up, and yep. it, it it just went from being scary. like, it it went from being like, what happened to oh my god this is actually scary and then yeah oh
1: <laughs> yeah because yeah, initially it's like did he get did he catch a foot or something you know or you know a shin in the head or something maybe on his way down that we didn't see uh, but yeah it was a scary situation so
0: oh yeah I mean even even at first I I think at very first I thought well he landed on the ball and maybe like winded himself or right. something
1: yeah. Yeah, but in any event, um, let's move on to some merrier time since we're approaching Christmas. And, of course, Merry Christmas to you and your wife and family in in advance of the holiday, which is upcoming. Uh, We are recording on Monday night. Um, It seems like a lot of football fans get some extra early gifts from Santa this year because of COVID with games on Sunday this week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and then Sunday again.
0: Exactly. I mean, if you're a football fan and you want to watch games, that's really good. But again, we are forced to watch games like this earlier game today between the Raiders and the Browns, which was, uh, I don't know if that was so much a Christmas gift or a giant lump of coal.
1: Well, we're going to talk about coal, that's for sure. Um, tonight in our segments, of course, we were going to do our normal DFS segment. Um, but before that, we are going to do a little bit of, um, what are we going to call it, Festivus Grievances?
0: Fantasy Festivus. There you go. Now, for people that aren't aware of the sacred holiday or not so sacred holiday of Festivus, uh, it uh, originated uh, a, a while back actually, and uh, it, it got its claim to fame was because it was used in an episode of Seinfeld. Uh, that was actually written by the person who had come up with the original concept for Festivus. Now, the the basic uh, premise uh, premise basic basically of Festivus are that you gather with your family. You've got a tree, but you don't have a tree. You actually just have an aluminum pole. Now, in this household, we have two cats, one of which is a Siamese. So um, an aluminum pole is really all we could possibly have for a tree, because if we were to actually have a tree with any actual ornaments, they would be scattered all over the place by now. Uh, One of the other things that comes about with Festivus is the feats of strength. Well, typically in a, in the feats of strength for Festivus, as witnessed on Seinfeld, the host would challenge someone to a battle, uh, a wrestling match, and they would have to pin the player before the end of the episode or uh, before the end of the event or whatever Festivus. So uh, we don't have any feats of strength to have here because, well, Eric Young isn't here to pin either of us, uh, but... I would like to point out a couple of feats of strength that we've had the last couple of weeks. First off, Aaron Rodgers and his COVID toes lighting up Baltimore. And can someone please tell me how Tony Pollard is able to play on a torn platter fascia muscle?
1: Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Honestly, I did not. I thought he was out.
0: Uh, not, not only did I, th- I, I thought he wasn't playing again this year when I heard that he did that. I mean, right now, and, and they were saying on the broadcast on Sunday that it's a partial tear. Now, I don't know. I think a partial tear sounds more painful than an actual tear.
1: It's like it's probably mostly like um, sprains and stuff like that, where there's grades of it. But yeah, to, you know, it, it's the plantar fascii and fasciitis is not a fun injury to have,
0: especially for a. Was well, I remember back uh, probably about 15 years ago, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves had a uh, guard by the name of Michael Williams. And he uh, came down with plantar fasciitis very early on in the season and didn't play a single game that year after suffering that injury. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. again, I associate it with an injury that makes it really impossible to be – I mean, it, it's kind of like turf toe. It's, it's something that doesn't yeah. sound scary per se, but it, it just doesn't seem playable. So, again, awesome feats of strength not, – not feats of strength, but feats of strength – by both Rodgers and Pollard playing and succeeding this past weekend despite foot injuries.
1: Uh Aha, very good, okay. What else, what else do you got? Well,
0: The most important part of Festivus is it starts off, they don't get to start their dinner until they properly air all of their grievances. So I have put together a list of grievances that I have about this past fantasy season, and I'll let you uh, talk to each of those. Hopefully we can uh, get some of these things off of my mind. And afterwards, I'll ask you uh, for your grievances.
1: Sounds good. Let's roll.
0: Okay. Uh, My my first and biggest grievance is all the first-round running backs not staying healthy. I mean, what can we do next season to not have Christian McCaffrey and Delvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry and all these guys get hurt?
1: Uh, Avoid them. There's nothing you can do. It's a very fragile position, and it seems to have hit everyone equally Wide and far.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of those first-round running backs, we talked a little bit about Tony Pollard. Dallas is paying Ezekiel Elliott a hell of a lot of money. Why won't they just give him the ball?
1: Because he's not as good as Tony Pollard?
0: Okay, I'll take that one. That's That's a good answer there. Uh, Now, as a owner of Deshaun Watson... Why couldn't Houston just trade Deshaun Watson? Both sides wanted it.
1: Um, You're asking me to climb into the mind of the Houston Texans organization?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's not like they're still being run by the previous regime.
1: It doesn't seem to matter. So uh, I'm going to actually even pass on that. It makes zero sense, quite honestly. Zero sense.
0: Okay. What did DK Metcalf do to piss off Russell Wilson?
1: He had to hit on his wife.
0: The, is there any other possible suggestion for what might have happened there? Uh,
1: I, um, he's not very good. No, that's not, a, that's not possible.
0: I have no but idea. Thinking, if you were Russell Wilson's wife, who would you choose, D.K. Metcalf or Russell Wilson?
1: Well, you chose Russ already, so you've got to stay with Russ.
0: I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've had all this rescheduling happen this week. We had a lot of rescheduling last year. We also had some teams get absolutely screwed by this, like the Denver Broncos being forced to start practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hinton at, at, at quarterback last year. Why do some teams get league assistance during COVID protocols? Others do not.
1: Why can't you breathe on Tom Brady without getting a flag?
0: Same with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Okay, there's your answer. I, I don't, there's no. Clear answer to this. Honestly, I, I think in a way they did the right thing this year, this year versus last year. Live, learn, get better. Uh, so the, you know, you would think that the the NFL would have a slightly better PR department and they could have foresaw this because when you back yourself into a corner and say, we're not moving games, there'll be forfeits, you set yourself up for everything that you deserve thrown at you, right? So yep. that's where they are with this. I, I can't fault them for trying to learn from what's out there and do the right thing. However, they set their self up, and they deserve every little black eye they get from it.
0: Why does San Francisco refuse to allow Debo Samuel to play both running back and wide receiver in a game?
1: Because Shanahan's too smart for his own pants. <laughs> I
0: think that's probably the best answer I've heard yet. Uh, it, it, it makes no sense. You've got – I mean, he's a great weapon – And now I understand, obviously, Elijah Mitchell has not played the last couple of weeks. But they've proven over the last couple of years that you can pretty much line up anyone in that backfield and they'll be a successful running back. And we've seen that this year with Jeff Wilson playing well. Uh, Trey Sumrard looked good during the preseason. Uh, They've used other backs there as well. But, I mean, you don't have to make Debo a full-time running back just because Elijah Mitchell's out. Have him play both for crying out loud.
1: I have a possible answer. Kyle Shanahan plays fantasy football, and after depressing Brandon Ayuk's fantasy value early in the season, he traded low for him.
0: Ooh, I like that. Okay, as a guy who is still living painfully in memory of five years plus ago when Amir Abdullah cost me a whole ton of money on Thanksgiving (laughs) weekend, why the hell is Amir Abdullah still a thing? He took money away from me again this weekend by stealing plays from the Carolina Panthers.
1: Uh, Duke Johnson had two TDs and a hundred yards rushing this, this week. You tell me why anything makes sense.
0: Well, so I was actually kind of surprised with that. I figured, well, maybe Gaskin didn't practice a lot this week, obviously. So Duke Johnson, they probably had the first 15 plays scripted and that's why he got most of the touches and work there. But then he continued to get the work rather than going to Gaskin. So I, It wasn't until the second half where we really saw Miles get on the field, and he actually had some pretty good runs once he got out there. But, yeah, the Duke Johnson thing made no sense at all. I
1: can't quote anything about the two TDs he had, but I do believe that the carry total and yardage total were the most he's ever had in a game.
0: That sounds about right. Uh, So we've seen the NFL flex a couple of games now. Why can't the NFL flex awful primetime games before Thanksgiving?
1: Um, they're old and they're set in their ways. They absolutely should be able to flex stuff earlier than that. And, and quite honestly, I got a question for you: Why in your local market can't you have a competing game? If you don't like your team, why can't you see another game?
0: You know, is, is that still a thing? Yes, it is. I guess I'm so used to watching all the games on like the Red Zone Channel or whatever. So <laughs> yes.
1: no, if you're just looking regular cable TV or regular local channels, you'll get two early games and one late game or one early game and two late games, depending on where your home team's playing.
0: That makes some sense. No, uh, sense. I, I I remember that when I was, when I was younger though, at least uh, that's how it was around here too, where you'd only get the, the local game. But again, like I said, I, I feel like with the advent of internet television and again, other NFL style channels and packages and stuff that, it hasn't been. I haven't noticed. It, I guess.
1: Yeah, that, that's fair from that standpoint. I guess I'm just old and stodgy. When I gave up Directv, I just decided I was going to try and focus on staying to one game. But it seems I always get one crappy game because I'm in Redskin. I'm sorry. I'm in the Washington Football Team market.
0: <laughs> well, you're obviously a bit, a bit of a Philly fan, right?
1: Yes, born, bred so. in South Jersey, lived in Philadelphia. So yes, I am a Philadelphia fan through and through. Eagles, Phillies, Flyers. Sixers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well, be it Philly or be it somewhere else, what, what's it going to take for Gardner Minshew to actually be given the chance to be a full-time NFL starting quarterback?
1: Jalen Hurts to get hurt again. <laughs> it,
0: it, look, it, is that going to be a case where – do you know Minshew's contract status? Is he a free agent after this year? Or I
1: do not know his status, but I do know this. Um, he'll probably get the Eagles a – Um, a compensatory pick, if I had to guess, honestly. Uh, I believe this regime, because of who drafted him, et cetera. whether Sirianni likes it or not, I believe that Howie's got another year with Jalen Hurts to see how and what happens. They have three first-round picks. I've seen it speculated that they could draft a quarterback in the first round. I do not see that. This is not a quarterback-rich draft. Um, But I do think we have one more year of Jalen Hurts to see what happens.
0: I actually tend to agree with you there. At the start of the year, I didn't think that Hertz was going to prove to be a thing. But I think he's done enough this year to at least earn that that third season, uh, third opportunity to start next year. Again, whether or not they draft a quarterback or bring in another quarterback from the outside, I think that Hertz will be the starter. And if nothing else, he'll act as a bridge quarterback if he doesn't act as a permanent starter there. Exactly. And perhaps my last grievance is Brady... Is is this proof that maybe he is actually finally done? I mean, he loses his top two receivers, and all of a sudden he gets shut out.
1: Yeah, part of me wanted to play internet troll and say, I thought that if you're the greatest of all time, you make all the players around you better. And he was throwing to Manny Mo, and Jack, basically, after um, Mike Evans and Godwin went out. And Gronk didn't seem like he could catch cold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I know Brady was right in the mix for... MVP talk, I will say this. I did some research last night. I tweeted it and said MVPs don't get shut out and that's a true statement for the most part. Only twice in NFL history, 1963, Roman Gabriel, 1969, YA Tittle, were each shut out on the road once and still won MVP. I may have the quarterbacks mixed up year to year, but it's 63 and 69. So not in the 70s and beyond has a quarterback ever gotten shut out and still won MVP. So Maybe we are seeing the beginning of the end. I mean, let me ask you a serious question. Does Tom Brady have four more years in him of 4,000-plus yards per season to where he'll eclipse 100,000 passing yards? No. I don't think so either.
0: So those are some of my major grievances from this year. How about you? What, what, do, you, what do you've got? What, uh, what would you like to air so coming into the season of Festivus?
1: I'm going to air a grievance of a team that you could have theoretically drafted that just would be their diamonds, their, their, their draft diamonds, except they're still coal. Okay. <laughs> um, you could have drafted Matt Ryan at quarterback as the 15th quarterback off the board. He's currently 18th among quarterbacks. So you're probably doing zero quarterback if you do that. Uh, okay. Right. Not, not much upside. That's fine. Saquon Barkley as the ninth running back off the board. He's currently 29th. Miles Sanders, great value getting him as the 20th running back off the board. He's 45th. Allen Robinson, you waited on wide receiver because you went running back, running back possibly, right? You get Allen Robinson, 11th wide receiver off the board, one of my most highly underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Mr. Robinson is the 85th wide receiver currently. Hey, I got another guy that's pretty underrated on the Rams. Cooper, I mean, Robert Woods. Oh, wait. Robert <laughs> Woods was the 14th wide receiver off the board, and he's currently 38th, which is shocking considering he's been out for a few weeks, right? Yep. Uh, I know. Big Ben's got to have a big year, and it's going to be Chase Claypool maybe, right? And, and maybe Deontay John I'm going to go Claypool. He's the 26th ranked you know, wide receiver via ADP. He's currently 41st at wide receiver. I need to get a nice sleeper tight end. So I'm gonna sneak Noah Font in as tight end six after (laughs) the big guys go. Oh wait, Noah Font doesn't even rank as a wide receiver a tight end one rather right now. He's tight end thirteen. And in my flex position, man, give me baby tron. Kenny Galladay in New York, Daniel Jones, the the passing game that they should have. I get him as my thirty as the thirtieth wide receiver off the board, ADP wise. He ranks seventy eighth. And I think they're offensive linemen with more touchdowns receiving than Galladay has this year.
0: There's defensive linemen with more receiving touchdowns than Galladay have this year.
1: Yes, I think you're talking about Mr. <laughs> Wilkins and you are correct. So it's just to me, that's my grievance is that you could draft that team and it doesn't sound like a bad team. Maybe not a great team but not a bad team. But if I'd have came out of my draft with name the quarterback, I don't care it could be Matt Ryan again, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Hunter Renfro, Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk. Kendrick Bourne and Pat Freermuth, you guys have been like, "Oh my god, you stink."
0: <laughs>
1: Fournette third running back right now. Rank: Connor sixth, Renfo seventeenth at wide receiver, Pittman twenty second, Kirk twenty fourth, Kendrick Bourne twenty eighth, and Freermuth is eleventh. This season is just one for the ages.
0: Yeah, and I get. I mean, we can kind of look back on any given season and chalk up X amount of things to luck, but yeah. ultimately. Something to remember for for the people who really enjoy fantasy football, Mm. you've got to have a thin skin. You're going to have weird, crazy seasons. You're going to have some instances of bad luck. But ultimately, much like any uh, form of gambling, fantasy football is a skill. It's not pure luck. And, And people might say it's pure luck, but it is not pure luck. You, you still have to do the work. You still have to yeah. study before your draft. You still have to look at projections. You still have to subscribe to great websites like thehuddle.com. Uh, You've got to put that investment in so that you have a better likelihood of avoiding the bad luck. Now, again, will there be times where you'll get hit with multiple instances of bad luck? Yes. But know that that is not going to be the standard. That's not going to be the baseline. That's going to be the, the ocelot point.
1: And the key is we all may have one or two of these kind of guys that I mentioned, right? You, you get hammered when you actually have four or five of them. And that gives you a good reason for two things. One, to divest and play in multiple leagues so that you aren't married to the same player and you can, you can kind of like offset some of your risk that also gives you the ability to root for more teams and have more interest on Sundays and Thursdays, right? Yes. The other thing, it also says, play DFS, because then it doesn't matter what (laughs) happened the week before.
0: I I think that's probably a good segue into going into this week's DFS segment.
1: And that's what I was trying for. So I guess I did a good job there. Maybe Santa will bring me an extra gift. Hey, I got a quick question for you before we move into DFS. Speaking of Santa... When it comes to, to gifts and putting them under the tree, do you guys wrap the gifts or just put them under the tree unwrapped?
0: <laughs> well, again, since we don't usually do a tree anymore here. True. Uh, in the, in the like past couple do. of years, we've we've just wrapped them in, like, bags with uh, – Gift with bags. Gift, gift bags with padding or whatever on top of them. But, uh, yeah, back in the day growing up, uh, uh, going to my parents' house for Christmas – they would have the big tree up, and we have all the gifts wrapped underneath the tree. Now, sometimes you kind of know what it was like when you got the bike for Christmas, or yeah. I, my my favorite gift ever was the uh, the USS flag, and again, getting that, I saw that box under the tree and how long it was, and I knew I knew right away what that was going to be. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, we we actually, when I was a kid, all the gifts under the tree, specifically under the tree, were generally unwrapped, and they were from Santa, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then mom and dad would bring their gifts out after we were done seeing the Santa gifts. And then they, they were wrapped and we'd unwrap those. As an adult, my wife and I like to wrap the gifts for each other and put them under the tree. Me, I like to be a little more visual. So if I've got three or four gifts, I'm stacking them. I'm making a tower, right? From the, okay. sm- the smaller package down to a big wide base. I just, it helps give a little bit of, you know, makes everything look like it's more full under the tree and stuff. So I'm big on stacking All right?
0: Well, you know, I like stacking, like stacking Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and uh, Marquez Valdez-Gantling last week.
1: There you go. All right, so that said, we're going to jump into the DFS segment where we will give you our pay-ups, stay away, and value plays. We don't talk about this in advance for anybody new tuning in. Harley's going to set an over-under to see what what I will say we will agree on. Hit us. Four. Four, that's a tough number. That's a tough number. Because if we hit on a couple stacks, gift stacks, that'll be easy. But if we miss on them, not so much. We're going to push. I'm taking the over. I don't like it. I was taking the under all day because I thought you were going five. But I'm going to take the over.
0: Well, you know, before uh, the last game, the Cleveland versus uh, Oakland, or Las Vegas game, I, I was going to set this line at five. And watching that game, I grew more and more depressed at some of the players available on this week's slate. So <laughs> yeah. it just it dropped off. Cause I, there's just I, I really don't see us hitting a single value play together on this run. So
1: I actually think we could possibly hit on a value play.
0: Okay, will
1: put. The let's over, start. Off, if you let's talk the, quarterback. Okay, but if you set the over/under on value plays at one, I'll take the over.
0: Let me look here to see. I, I really, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Nope, nope. Uh, nah, I, I don't think we're going to match on any of our value plays.
1: I think we have at least one value play we're going to hit on, so I'll take the over. All right, okay. start us off. Quarterback, who are you paying up for?
0: i pay up for Justin Herbert, uh, the Chargers at Houston. Chargers get to celebrate the holidays by feasting on a Texans defense that has faced only three upper echelon quarterbacks all season, and all three of those quarterbacks – absolutely obliterated them. They've, their numbers might look decent against the past, but that's because they've faced 10, no, 11 now quarterbacks that would be in the bottom eight or nine in the league. So I really
1: thought we may have a match here. I'm disappointed that you won't pay up for Matthew Stafford against your beloved Vikings.
0: Uh, I kind of thought about it. Actually, I, I thought that he would be an option to play there, but, uh, I, I looked at it, and it's like, Herbert's just a little bit more expensive. and He is. I
1: mean, I- he is. Um, I, I don't disagree with your Herbert call, but no, I'm paying up for Matthew Stafford. He is, on, what, $500 cheaper. So maybe that's kind of like eh, a little bit of a push for me, not really paying up that much if I'm going sub $7,000. So, uh, But I, I do like the fact that um, it's in the Dome. No No worry about weather. Yes, it's Minnesota. Minnesota's been... Night and day, you know, you never know what you're going to get. But I think that we see a strong showing from Stafford, who tries to cement his right to the MVP.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't dislike Stafford going to Minnesota. I think he's going to have a decent game. Uh, we'll probably talk about him a little bit later on in this segment. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he's he's going to be okay. For whatever reason, Minnesota plays up and down to the teams they're facing. Yeah, But it seems like their opponents play up and down to the Vikings, too. So, Contagious.
1: All right, who are you staying away from? This one we have to match on.
0: Uh, I'm staying away from Tom Brady.
1: And I guess we don't have to match on that. My
0: goodness. That's, sounds like Antonio Brown's going to be back, but Carolina is really, really good against the pass, and Brady will be again without Chris Godwin and without Mike Evans and – probably without Leonard Fournette. It, he's going to have to make do with Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, and Tyler Johnson. That's, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that if you were going against, say, Atlanta or yeah. Washington or Seattle. I don't like that going up against a team like Carolina.
1: So I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, Carolina ranks 29th in points allowed to the quarterback spot. But – Josh Allen is $100 more. Yeah, I know. It's not that much. Um, there, are, there is a team that's absolutely worse for the quarterback to face, and it happens to be the Patriots, who are dead last in points allowed to quarterbacks. So, and it's in New England. So I'm going to steer clear of Josh Allen. Yes, I think th- that the Bills need a win. They're in a must-win spot. And, yeah, Josh could have a good game, but I, I just can't bet three times on him in New England in a game that Bill might run the ball 50 times again.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't like either of those two, so there's not a problem with benching either of those two this week.
1: Yeah, definitely the over will not hit now because I thought we were going to come out of this with two matches right away.
0: Okay, well, let's see if you can get the uh, match on the uh, value play. I don't think you're going to, but... Uh, you know, uh,
1: I didn't really love any of the cheaper guys. Um, I'd like to like Gardner Minshew if you knew he was going to start in Jalen Hurts wasn't, but we don't know that yet, right? Um, yep. I can't like Matt Ryan, even though I, I want to like Matt Ryan. I just can't, and I know he's at home. But I, I guess I can like Jared Goff, even though 5400 seems like it's a little bit high for a value play. I wasn't willing to go down to Justin Fields, Drew Locke, stuff like that. So I'm going Jared Goff as my value play.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a half a match on that. Okay. I wanted to use Jared Goff at his price, 5400 on DraftKings. His FanDuel price is 7100 which is actually kind of high.
1: Yeah, but we but, know uh, I ignore that, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, the, the DraftKings price was certainly good, and I considered him until I saw that they put him on the COVID list today. <laughs>
1: oh, now, see, I missed that.
0: Yeah, so, again, whether or not he's vaccinated and whether or not he'll actually have to go through the protocols or if he's just uh, going to be on and off in the next two days like some people are now, but... Uh, Yeah, no, I wanted to use Goff, so I'll I'll give you a half a match there. Uh, You mentioned the guy that I'm going to go with. We're watching him right now. He's losing 10-0 on Monday Night Football. I'm going to go with Justin Fields at Seattle. Um, He's actually got a nice thing. He gets to face Minnesota, and then he gets to face Seattle, two of the worst defenses in the league. Seattle, you know what they've done? They've allowed an average of 295 passing yards per game over the last four weeks. You want to know who they faced in those four games?
1: Tell me who they faced in those four
0: games. Colt McCoy, Taylor Heineke, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Davis Mills.
1: Murderer's Row.
0: Murderer's Row, averaging over 295 yards passing against this team. Seattle's bad. Uh, Seattle is not the worst team in the league against the pass. That is uh, going to be Minnesota after tonight. (laughs) uh, I think Seattle is currently third behind, uh, behind Minnesota after tonight in Tennessee, I think it's the absolute worst right now, but they're going to be past tonight's game.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'll take a half a match. Maybe that'll be what sets us over. I don't know. Who are you going to pay up for at the running back spot?
0: I I had a tough time with this one here. See, I didn't. Because I was looking at the running back position and because of COVID question marks and injury question marks, I didn't really like any of them. I mean, Delvin Cook, Is the highest-priced guy. He's got a a tough matchup against the Rams, though. Austin Eckler uh, may or may not be on the COVID list, depending on what you've heard today. Uh, He also may or may not have some injury based on the fact that he didn't play the full game last week. Uh, They mixed and matched him with Justin Jackson. Uh, Najee Harris is facing a Kansas City run defense. that has been really, really good over the last month and a half. Uh, Leonard Fournette, probably not going to play. Joe Mixon, dealing with a leg injury. Finally, I settled on the sixth highest priced guy, Cordero Patterson.
1: <clears throat> so, yeah, no match for us. Unlike you, there was one guy that I was like, you know what, I don't dislike him as much as I like everybody, as I dislike everybody else. Um, I settled in with if Austin Eckler is not going to be on COVID list and he's going to play against a team in the Texans that are giving up the sixth most points to fantasy running backs, even if he doesn't see the full load of carries, I, I think he's worth paying up for if you're going to pay up for somebody. Um, but no, Cordero Patterson at home against the Lions, I considered him for my value play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, after a few bad games, Patterson's probably not going to be owned a whole lot this week, even against Detroit. Yep. Uh, Detroit's been embarrassed by every backfield they've faced, with the exception of Arizona last week. No clue what went down there. How come Kyler struggled? How come James Conner and, and and Chase Edmonds didn't do more against this defense? Every other defense, I'm sorry, every other offense to face Detroit has abused them. I mean, we're, it, we're talking stuff that's illegal in most of the lower contiguous 48 states.
1: This is true. <coughs> this is true. Okay.
0: So this is going to be a Mike Davis week then, right? Yeah, probably. <coughs>
1: probably.
0: Kadri Um
1: Who are you going to stay away from?
0: Well, I mentioned him earlier. I'm going to stay away from Najee Harris. Uh, Najee has had duds in four of his last five games. And Casey's run defense, while still middling on the season, has been really solid with the exception of one game over their last month and a half. So... I'm gonna stay away from Najee Harris, and, and, and for the fact, that I'm gonna probably stay away from the Pittsburgh offense in general, going uh, against KC. Yeah. So at, at
1: 8,380, Dalvin Cook like he looks like he should be the easy one to stay away from um, at home against that Rams defense. But I just when Najee Harris, if Kansas City gets Chris Jones back, I find a hard way for him to, you know. 50 combined yards, honestly. And I don't know that he gets in the end zone. So I just feel like he's a bigger steer clear of. So I actually said, okay, I, I think i would looked at Harris. And then I went, well, Fournette actually has got a horrible matchup too, but he looks injured and probably not going to play. So I figured i defaulted and not included him. And I decided to land on Harris. So we have a match there.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that was one that we'd probably match on. Uh, I looked at Delvin and I mean, as much as I, I dislike the matchup against the Rams, Delvin is – he's done remarkable things against good defenses in his career. So again, it's mainly because Minnesota just keeps feeding him the ball. I, I expect him to do something. I just don't expect him to do a ton. Yeah. All right. Who's your value? We might have a matchup value play. I, uh, I'm also, uh, I mentioned that I'm watching my value play, play quarterback this week. I'm also watching my value play running back right now. And that's David Montgomery, Chicago at Seattle. Despite most of the league having already played this week's game, only three teams have allowed more total yards to the running back position than Seattle. After tomorrow's game, only the Jets will be worse against them in that category. So they are easily the worst in the league against running backs in the passing game. And that's something that David Montgomery is very, very good at.
1: So, no, we don't have a match. We have a stack attack alert. I'm actually going to have Craig... 112-yard rushing last week, Reynolds, <laughs> as my value play. Now, we hear that Swift is going <clears> to <throat> come back and play or something. With Maybe that changes. But currently, as it sits, $4,500. I think you see three times easily from Mr. Um, Craig Reynolds.
0: Well, the, the basic news on that right now is that Jamal Williams was activated, and he did practice, I guess, today. Uh, DeAndre Swift have, they've said that they're going to activate him to practice this week, but they haven't said whether or not he's going to play.
1: Swift is the only one that would make me want to back off of him. Even if we, if um, Jamal was activated to play, I still think I'd roll the dice because you're looking at you need about 13, 14 points for in the pack
0: I'd like to say that one of my best stacks this week was the league that I put Goff and Reynolds and Reynolds. I called it my Reynolds wrap.
1: There you go. I like it.
0: It was a great stack. They actually performed really, really well. It gave me a lot of flexibility with some of my other players. Probably, uh, let's see. Is I think it was my second best lineup in terms of profit this week. So okay. Never, never thought by stacking Detroit Lions this past weekend against Arizona of all teams.
1: Hey, <laughs> so what you're trying to say is that the Lions are trash, right? But guess no,
0: what? No, I mean what's amazing with the Lions is as as bad as their record has been this year, they have been competitive in every single game, which is crucial from a daily fantasy standpoint if you want to create game stacks because as long as they're keeping the game competitive, you're not going to see teams, uh, again, they've been horrible against the running back position in particular. Running backs are going to stay in because Detroit's going to keep the game close enough that the running backs are going to have to keep playing. So you're not going to get your top tier running backs benched after two quarters against them.
1: Right. So the other thing I was going to say is, even if you're referring to them as trash, people recycle trash and get paid for it. So there is money to be made in trash too. Um, wide receiver. I think we have to have a match here. There's no way we don't have a match on the
0: pay up. Uh, we're, I'm paying up for the top price guy on the board. Hey, Cup. hey there we go. His price is absurd and, and, and inane. It's 9,100, 9,800, but it's against Minnesota coming into tonight. Minnesota had allowed a league-worst 246 yards and two touchdowns to opposing wide receiver groups over their last four games. And obviously, they haven't given up one yet tonight. But they also just cut one of their starting cornerbacks for getting in a fight during practice. So uh, I know that Rashad Breeland hadn't done very much this year. But he was still one of their two starters on the outside. So it just means next man up is going to have to play. Next man up is Cameron Dantzler, who was a... uh, uh, second or third round pick last year who started actually most of last year uh, before getting benched this year because he just wasn't playing very good.
1: (laughs) So, okay. So we have a match there, and that's why I'm surprised we didn't match with Stafford because that's the stack stack right there.
0: Yeah, I I thought about it. Trust me. Uh, Although here's the other thing, too. It's like as much as I like Cooper Cup at 9,100 and 9,800. Yep. I almost prefer playing Odell Beckham Jr. or Van Jefferson at cheaper there. That gives me a little bit more financial flexibility in this game.
1: <laughs> and that's where you can div- div- divest and have multiple lineups.
0: Okay. Well, I- and, and, and further to that point, uh, Minnesota's strength on its defense right now is their linebacker core with uh, Anthony Barr yes. and Eric Kendricks back healthy. Both are very, very good in pass coverage. Now, Cooper Cup does do some vertical moves, but a lot of his play is across the middle. Uh, He's not your prototypical slot receiver, but he does line up a lot in the slot. And because of that, he's going to face some double coverages from the safeties, uh, Xavier Woods and Harrison Smith, along with the uh, linebackers, Kendricks and Barr. So uh, as much as Cooper Cup has been insanely good this year, and he's going to have a great game here, uh, there may be some things to worry about there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at you need what? Nine for a hundred and a score, just to get close to being three times. That's not even actually three times.
0: Yeah, again though, I, I really I think Cooper's going to end up with ten catches, probably one hundred and twenty-five yards on a score. So, I still think he's pretty safe for that three X.
1: Gotcha. I do. Um, my stay away is a stack alert again. Said I was staying away from Josh Allen. I am staying away from Stefan Diggs on the road at New England. Also.
0: I was going to do that until I looked at his line from last year in in the late game against Buffalo. Uh, I'm sorry, against New England where he scored three touchdowns and had like 140 yards.
1: (laughs) And you think Bill lets that happen again?
0: Oh God, no. (laughs) But but yeah, no, I I, I thought about Stefan Diggs. I thought about Tyree kill actually. I, I, I mean, Pittsburgh has not looked good lately. Right. But if Travis Kelsey is out and right now he's currently in the COVID protocol, uh, you might as well put three guys on Tyree Kill then. Yes. But I didn't. I didn't opt for either of them. I I didn't like Justin Jefferson per se going up against Jalen Ramsey. Although Justin Jefferson has succeeded much like Delvin Cook, he succeeded against good defenses in his first year and a half. So I don't dislike him there. I ultimately kind of, I kind of punted on this position a little bit. I went down to the tenth highest priced guy on DraftKings, Hunter Renfro. <clears throat> okay. When you look at Las Vegas versus Denver right now, Devonta Smith is the only wide receiver one to have a huge game against Denver this year. His line, four catches, sixty-six yards, and two touchdowns. So his line looked really good because of those two touchdowns. Every other wide receiver one against Denver this year, they're averaging as a whole three and a half catches, 45 yards. And in those other th- 13 games, they have a total of two touchdowns for wide receiver ones.
1: Fair enough. but Yeah, that is a punt going all the way down to 6,800, but I get it.
0: Sure. Who's so, your value play here?
1: Uh, Hunter Renfro. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going with the goff reynolds rap stack. I uh, like it. I'm going with Josh Reynolds. I wanted to look down at Khalif Raymond. I just the amount of money to save and the amount of targets that that Reynolds seems to get, if I'm not going to pay for Amon, Ross, St. Brown, it's going to be Reynolds for that stack.
0: Yeah, and to think about this, when Tennessee had no one at wide receiver, they couldn't find a role for Josh Reynolds. Explain that one to me. Talking about airing of grievances. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't
1: does make sense. I actually like Josh Reynolds going into the season. And then you have Julio down and, and nothing happens. It it didn't make any sense to me either.
0: Yeah, his price is still relatively cheap. Forty six hundred on DraftKings, fifty six hundred on FanDuel, uh, fifty four hundred on FanDuel. I'm sorry, it's it's going up against Atlanta. Atlanta is really bad against the pass. Uh, I, I love that play. Uh, it wasn't the guy I settled on, but I definitely considered him. I I'm paying just a hair more for my receiver at value play this week. I am going to go with uh, Jamison Crowder. OK, uh, Jets versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville has struggled all season long with slot and possession wide receivers. And with Elijah Moore out, Jamison's kind of reverted back to that role. Uh, he actually led the Jets in every single category last week in, in, in a game against a weaker defense. And we talked about in the last couple of weeks that Jacksonville's past defense is pretty good. Their one hole, though, on pass defense, again, is to the slot position. So, I like Jamison Crowder this week at 5,000 on DraftKings, 5,600 on FanDuel.
1: And Crowder always could um, add a passing score for you. That's true. Okay. I, I thought there was a shot at us matching on Reynolds, quite honestly. Just it felt like you were going to
0: call. I do, I do like Reynolds this week. And, uh, again, I, I think if, if Goff— Hadn't shown up on COVID protocol, that probably would have been my value play stack, too. I would have done both both of them.
1: Makes sense. Very very much makes sense. All right, tight end. Who are you paying up for?
0: I am paying up for the highest-priced tight end on FanDuel, that being Mark Andrews this week. We have a match. Uh, <clears throat> I figured we'd have a match here. Andrews has been absolutely white-heart, regardless of who has been at quarterback for Baltimore. Meanwhile, Cincinnati? They've allowed an average of 6.7 catches, 80 yards to the position over their last nine games. Includes Also, they've given up five touchdowns over that nine-game span. So Cincinnati starting to struggle badly against tight ends, including a, a decent game by Andrews earlier this year, too. But love Andrews this week, 7,000, 8,000. It, it doesn't matter if it's Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson, he's going to have a big game.
1: Don't disagree with you. Um, the only thing that would keep him from being a pay-up for me is if he lands on that COVID list, which hopefully he doesn't.
0: No, I hope not. No, definitely not. <laughs>
1: Speaking of COVID list, even if he wasn't on the COVID list, um, Travis Kelsey would be my stay-away this week. The Pittsburgh's not the defensive old, but I just don't love the matchup. And then you look at the price and you see that you could get, get Andrews at a small discount on DraftKings and a small premium on FanDuel. I don't see how you, you don't make that play.
0: I actually agree. Uh, he was not my stay away just because of the the, the COVID news today. But, uh, it, again, if he wasn't on the COVID list, he would have been my stay away. <clears throat> my stay away this week is actually uh, part of your stay away stack. I'm staying away from Dawson Knox. Okay. New England has allowed far and away the fewest receptions, far and away the fewest yards, and one less score than the next closest team in terms of touchdowns allowed to the tight end position. Knox caught all of two passes in the win bowl game against New England a couple weeks ago. So it's not a good matchup for him against that team in general. And like you said, you're staying away from Allen. You're staying away from Diggs. Yeah. I'm going to stay away from Knox, too. Uh,
1: You won't get a complaint from me on that. That's for sure. Um, I didn't even get down that far just because, you know, he's almost sub $5,000. But I get it. All right. Let's take it home. We need a match for the over. Because you gave me that half. So who is your value play at tight end?
0: Well, let me start by telling you two guys it's not. Okay. It is not going to be Brevin Jordan or Farrell Brown against Los Angeles Chargers, although the Chargers have been rotten against tight ends. It is not going to be Noah Font versus Las Vegas because his price is too high. Okay. It's not going to be Albert Okobunum despite the fact that Drew Locke is back at quarterback and whatnot, but he's not going to be my value play either. My value play is also not going to be Evan Ingram against Philadelphia, because we tried that a couple of weeks ago, and that was the first time Philadelphia did anything against the tight end. They shut down Evan Ingram, and of course, Kyle Rudolph scored in that game, so Philadelphia still couldn't shut down the tight end, they just managed to shut down Evan Ingram, so... I just kept bouncing around. It's like, well, I mean, I could take the easy way out and go with one of those guys. I could go Jared Cook against Houston with no Donald Parham going to play this week, obviously. Uh, I settled on James O'Shaughnessy, Jacksonville versus the Jets. Uh, Over the last four weeks, uh, New York has allowed the fourth-most tight end receiving yards, the fifth-most tight end receptions, and the third-most tight end scores. O'Shaughnessy has been targeted a ton by Trevor Lawrence and obviously his favorite safety blanket right now. So he's my tight end choice this week.
1: So we don't match. I really thought we were going to match. And I thought almost everybody and their mother would think that that match was going to come in that Philly game. Right. (laughs) Yep. And I did. I wrote down Evan Ingram's name first because one, not only is it Philly, but he's only 3,400 bucks. Right. Mm -hmm. Not too hard to get to three times value there. But he wasn't my value play either. But I did land on a guy that I truly honestly thought that we'd match on. And it's a guy you're staying away from. And I think you're staying away from him partially because he doesn't have much at receiver. Cameron Brate at $2,500 at the minimum
0: is No, my I, value I, I, I like Cameron Brate. I thought about him too here. So.
1: Don't love the matchup per se. Don't love that it's on the road to Carolina. Love the fact that really Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski is all that Tom's going to have to look at, and I think Bray could see a nice little role this week.
0: Well, we know that uh, Tom Brady trusts throwing the Lombardi Trophy to him. There you go. Yes, <laughs> absolutely,
1: um, and look, all we need is one catch, ten yards, and a touchdown, and you're almost at three times value right there.
0: I mean, if we do that, we can clearly say that we've made Cameron Braid again.
1: There you go. All right. You know what's great? It's great to do this show with you week in and week out. Um, I do wish you a very Merry Christmas. Same to your wife and the rest of your families. Uh, As to you. And hopefully we can – we've given our listeners a lot of Merry Christmas gifts that they can use to take advantage of for their fantasy playoffs and that they get lucky and Santa gives them nice gifts and not coal. Um, and I don't mean Cole commit, but I mean, absolute Cole. Um, and of course, you know, if you have any questions, you can reach out to Harley at nuclear Harley. What? On what?
0: Before go, why didn't we think about this here? It is the giants versus Philadelphia. Yeah. It's Christmas weekend. It's Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph has got to be the value play tight end, right? He did it two <sighs> weeks ago against them.
1: <laughs> you are absolutely right. How did we miss that? I think it's because you cut him off on the list.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry to the former Viking Kyle Rudolph. You are my bonus value play tight end this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with you on that. How's that? I will
0: agree with yeah. you on that. There's our there's our match at value play. <laughs>
1: and what he what Harley really should have done was said, "Hey, you know what? I've got a secret top priority value play." you got to check me out on Twitter to get it. He should have done the tease for it, but I guess that's a Christmas gift that he's given everybody early. Um, but you can follow Harley on Twitter at nuclear Harley. Follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. And contrary to popular post by some technical company, I did not get a promotion to CEO for some company called diamond wipes. Um, that was some other Steve Gallo, but they attributed it to me. I did tell them if they want to send me the salary, I'd be happy to take it. Um, but also make sure you're subscribing to the huddle and you can follow the huddle at the huddle um, on Twitter. And of course at the huddle, see all the great articles that we have up for you that can help you hopefully ring in a very happy new year. Also. Um, yep. I've completely stumbled across this entire ending, which means I probably did not get blitz responsibly, but you know what? There's no reason why you can't get blitz responsibly. So do so. Cheers.